Welcome to a brand new episode of Nerd Empire Wrestling, guys. I'm your host, Jose Jimenez, and I'm back, baby. I know it's been a while. I've been taking my little hiatuses, going around, trying to see what's out there in the wrestling universe and the wrestling world. Um, had a great weekend this past weekend. I got to go out to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Uh, I was able to go out there and I was able to catch uh, Extreme Rules, which is pretty dope. Um, definitely went into the show with not, not crazy expectations, but, you know, not high expectations also. I think that the uh, WWE has been struggling a little bit in their writing department in regards to how they uh, create their storylines and how they put things together for uh, their upcoming superstars that they have now, especially now that they have uh, a lot of talent from NXT, like Ricochet, Aleister Black, uh, the Street Profits have been popping up on Monday Night Raw, cutting promos. Uh, it's been a little weird, you know, and I just, I'm really interested on how are they going to continue to build these guys coming up from NXT, because they do come up with a really big buzz. They come up with a big expectations for us, the fans who watched them grow down there at NXT. And when they come up over to the uh, main roster, it's like they get thrown down in the basement and never get used. For example, I mean, look at Aleister Black. Aleister Black came up, had a great little title, uh, tag team title run with uh, Ricochet and nothing. Nothing. He ends up, they end up getting separated. There's no feud between them two. There's no storyline. There, there's nothing, you know. And, and now we're finally getting to see him get a little bit more TV time, get a little bit more exposure. Um, he actually cut the, a few promos on SmackDown challenging people to come over into his uh, locker room and challenge him to a fight. And I, I'm not going to lie, I had me going for a couple weeks. I really was interested who was going to knock on that door and who was going to challenge Aleister Black. And when that door knocked, I had a lot of guesses and I had a lot of big expectations. You know, I was, I was hoping it would be Randy Orton. I really do. I know a lot of people out there were thinking Bray Wyatt. Uh, they want to see that matchup between them two guys at uh, SummerSlam. Um, a few of the names, of course, were uh, Finn Balor, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura. But... It ended up being um, uh, Cesaro, which I think that they put on a really, really good match over at Extreme Rules. I think they did their thing. Uh, I'm not going to lie, man. That fade to black at the end that he hit Cesaro with was crazy. That thing was flush. But that just shows, man. That just shows how good Cesaro really is also, man. Like, he really, really made Aleister Black look really good. And it's, it's crazy to say that because Aleister Black is already good. You know, it's like you don't, he doesn't need anybody to, to take him to the next level and make him look better. You know, he already has what it takes to, to be a, a top-flight superstar in the WWE. And it was just a great match. I mean, that was one of the matches that I was kind of really looking forward to on the, car, on the card. But it definitely lived up to his expectations. If I, you know, if I had to grade the match from a, a 1 to 10, I'd give it an uh, 8. I think it was really good. I think it had minimal buildup. I know... I said a few a few seconds ago how they have Alistair cutting these promos on uh, on SmackDown, challenging people to a fight. So it was it was cool to kind of see Cesaro take on the uh, take on the challenge and, and put Alistair Black over. So that was that was uh, that was a really good uh, cool match uh, to really see. And I, I give it an eight. And, you know, and I'm not going in any particular order here. I'm just kind of going by the way the whole match card look. I'm not going in specific order the way it started. But um, I, one of my other favorite matches on the 
on the uh, on the show was um, people might laugh at me, but, but I don't care. You know, uh, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. That was a really really good match. I think it had a really good storyline, especially since it started with the Saudi Arabia pay-per-view, where they had a really good match there, where Bobby was able to show off a, a little bit of his uh, athleticism. Also, uh, Braun was able to show off a little bit of his athleticism and show what other things he can do uh, besides being a, a strong guy and a meathead. You know, the guy, the guy got some movement in his body. He can run pretty quick. I mean, we've seen him do crazy things and other feuds that he had throughout the years. So it was, it was kind of cool to see those two guys kind of go at it. Uh, funny thing is that the street fight with the last man standing uh, kind of led into a street fight. And it, it was a few rows from where I was sitting at. And I was able to see a lot of the action and honestly, I didn't even notice that giant tart that they had over on the bottom of the actual uh, arena that was hidden there. And having him put Bobby with that running power slam through that, that was, that was pretty cool. I, that was really interesting. I really, I really enjoyed that. I, I'm not gonna lie, man. I think Bobby could be a really, really good superstar if they actually give him an opportunity to let him go and show what else he can do. I mean, well, I know when he signed with the with the E in the beginning, a lot of the expectations was that he was going to get a title shot. He was going to have that match with uh, Brock Lesnar that he wanted for quite some time. And it never, ever panned out for him like that. Well, it hasn't panned out yet. And I think he's a guy that, deserve, that deserves an opportunity to maybe be a main event star or have these matches with a lot of the big superstars like Seth Rollins you know, like Ricochet, like AJ Styles. He had a feud already with Finn where I think he got, got kind of washed a little bit. I don't think he was too strong on that. They gave him um, they gave him a mouthpiece and Leo Rush. That didn't work out too well the way everybody expected it to or the way they expected it to. I don't think Bobby needed anybody with a mouthpiece to help him get over. I think he could have done that all on his own by his freakish ability and his look alone, but they felt that he needed that extra push to kind of make him a main event superstar, and that kind of backfired in their face. So, it, you know, that was a little disappointing to see that. And um, Braun, Braun has been doing a really good job. I thought Braun, after this match, kind of, you know, separated himself a little bit. I think it, it would be a nice time for him to get put back into the main event picture, but I don't think WWE is going to go in that route as we saw this past Monday night where they had the uh, the battle royal on who's going to challenge Brock Lesnar over at SummerSlam for the Universal title. And that ended up being Seth winning that match and, you know, getting the opportunity again for the second time since WrestleMania to get his belt back and, uh, and defeat the Beast. So I, I kind of, you know, just to touch a little bit on that, I would have went another way with that. In my humble opinion, I would have definitely had somebody else win the Battle Royal. I know I've been talking about Randy a lot, but I would have had Randy Orton win that match. I mean, you have a storyline in place from what happened uh, a couple WrestleManias ago when Brock busted him open with that vicious elbow, and it was a no contest. I think you had a storyline already in place where you could have had a really, really good follow-up or a really good lead-up to SummerSlam with... Randy Orton and Brock. I think you could have did a lot of really good things, especially that Randy hasn't been on TV, and I know he's been excited to work with a lot of young talent 
And I know Brock is not young talent, but this is a guy who is not on TV every single Monday. And, you know, he can't, um, you know, he can't get over right now. He's trying to do other things. He's trying to, uh, he's trying to get himself over and, and help out a lot of the uh, other young talent. You could have also had Rey Mysterio win the match. I think he would have been another, another person that could have had the opportunity to, to step into the main event picture. I know you brought him back to, you know, boost ratings and kind of get other of the young guys over, but you're also not doing that with him. I would have liked them to do the giant killer thing again with, uh, with Rey Mysterio. I think that would have been fun to see. That would have been something that the fans made him like. But everybody was really, really invested on Monday and Randy Orton winning that match. They were not invested in Seth. And one cool thing that I, I, I kind of heard, and I kind of been going back and forth with a few of my friends, is a lot of people do not like Seth's face run. Like, they don't. I'm going to be honest, I, I don't, I'm not digging it too much. I always felt Seth was a better heel than he is a face. I'm not digging the whole thing, pairing him up with his girlfriend. I don't, you know, I, the whole the man's man thing, I think that's kind of that's corny, in my humble opinion. I, I had enough of Becky already. I feel like they, they pushed her on us too much and, and shoved, her, you know, shoved her down our throat. I feel like they could have definitely went another way with that after WrestleMania. But it's, it's a little weird. I, I would like, I miss the old Seth, you know, the architect, you know, that I didn't sell out. I bought in Seth. That's, that's the Seth I want to see. And not a lot of people are kind of waiting for that heel turn where he kind of spazzes out and he just goes full rogue on everybody. I would have liked to see a Roman-Seth match at SummerSlam, especially when Roman hit him with that spear on Monday night. And he, Roman even felt that he cost Seth, you know, an opportunity at winning that battle royal and then being the last two in the match. And uh, I think Roman also got eliminated from the battle royal because of that reason where he was also concentrating on Seth a little too much. But, yeah, you know, I, I think that, you know, they could have they did a way better job, in my, in my humble opinion, of, uh, with the battle royal and booking that a little bit different. I would have definitely had Randy at SummerSlam against... Uh, Brock, but that kind of opens it up for other opportunities to see what he's going to do over at SummerSlam and what opportunities he might get and who he might wrestle against. So, um, yeah, just to get back into uh, Extreme Rules, it, it was uh, pretty good seeing Undertaker back. That was uh, that was awesome. Seeing him him and Roman team up against Shane and McIntyre. Uh, but I don't know, man, like, I still think Taker has a little something left in the tank. I still think he has a lot left in the tank. You know, not a lot, but I think he still has like a half a tank left. I think uh, Taker could go on and have a, maybe one or two more matches at WrestleMania and look really, really good against somebody who can carry him or who can definitely take the bulk of the match later on if it has to go a lot longer than 25 minutes. But uh, I think he looked well in the tag match. Uh, he looked really healthy. The hip is good after the surgery. He did the old school on the ropes. He, he definitely impressed me. He did a really, really good job. Uh, the, the one thing that, was, that I was noticing a lot during the match was the confrontations that he was having with McIntyre. I think they're trying to push that for SummerSlam. Uh, rumor is that in Canada, they're already advertising a Drew McIntyre and Taker match uh, in a casket match for SummerSlam. I don't know how true that is, but that's the uh, rumor going around on the internet and some of the buzz that's been going around that they're, them two are going to clash and they're going to do it in a casket match. 
Uh, I think this is a good thing for McIntyre. I think it gives him more exposure. I think if you want to put McIntyre over on Taker, you definitely could do that. Or if you want a real darker side of McIntyre later on where he kind of spazzes out. Or you can even go with Yokozuna movement when they, uh, with what they did between him and Taker. I know back in the day, Yokozuna was like a big up-and-coming superstar. And they paired him up uh, against Taker in the match. If I'm correct, it was that Survivor Series where they had half of the locker room had to come out and they had to help Yokozuna put Taker inside the casket to win the casket match. And that's when we saw the reincarnation of Taker when the green smoke came out, lightning started hitting the casket and we saw an image of the inside of the casket with Taker. And I don't, I wouldn't mind them going back to that. I wouldn't mind them having people help McIntyre or even McIntyre alone putting the dead man inside the casket and having him disappear for a few months and then at WrestleMania you have him come back out and uh, and go at it with McIntyre for one more time and you know for one last hurrah over at WrestleMania. I wouldn't mind them doing that. I think that'll be a that'll be a really good storyline. That'll be something that they can definitely play with, and it and it has some traction. It has it has it's something that people want to see. It's something that I think all the fans are really interested in. Um, we also have the Elias situation there where he came in and he hit Taker with the guitar. And that's when Shane O'Mac jumped off the turnbuckle like he always does, jumping off stuff just like the Usos say. Uh, and he hit Taker with a, I'm not going to lie, it was a pretty sick elbow drop right through the table. And that made things a little bit inter uh, interesting at that moment because we thought that Taker and, uh, and um, Roman were going to take the loss at that point. But that didn't end up happening that way. But it's, it's interesting what's going to happen from here going forward. I keep hearing that this is uh, Taker's farewell tour, his goodbye tour where he's going to be popping up more on TV, a little bit more on pay-per-views, and then uh, most likely ended at WrestleMania with one big match. I'm, I know I've been posting up stuff on the internet on matches that I would love to see Taker in, and the one that always strikes me to the, to the back of my mind is him and Finn. You know, the demon against the Phenom, I would love to see that. I think it'll be a great match. I think it'll be a good way to send Taker off. You know, him losing to a to something dark, something gritty. You can also have Taker, you know, use the whole, his dark powers, you know, taking souls and bringing that dark side out of Finn and having Finn, you know, dig into, uh, dig into his third, you know, third, third person, kind of his Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing that they're doing with him right now with the Demon King and you can have him bring that out over at, uh, at WrestleMania and really have a, strong match with a big big build up that can that can execute you can execute it properly at, at Wrestlemania and, and kind of end uh, Taker's career that way but we, we don't know there's so much speculation that it might be Cena it might be McIntyre you know there's there's always going to be different names when it comes to Undertaker because you technically don't know who he would want to end it with and I wouldn't mind seeing him go um, avenge that loss against Brock that he took in New Orleans at Wrestlemania I wouldn't mind that but um, I think that's something that the fans are excited to see uh, in, in regards to what happens with Taker moving forward now that, you know, he's making these appearances back and forth and also wrestling in Saudi Arabia. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But that match was pretty good. I think it was a great way to open up the show. Uh, I was excited to see Taker. I've seen him a few times, but uh, this was like the first time that I actually got to be real close, small arena. Not a giant football field where you're like yards and yards away. 
where you really can't see him in action in the ring. You're watching it through a monitor. So it was it was a treat. I was really excited for that. And I think I uh, I think he came out and did a great job and gave the fans a hell of a show. And even at the end there, him telling Roman this is this is his yard, you know, that was that was a really good testament of the respect that he has for Roman on taking the torch and you know continue uh, continue pushing that needle and and being the face of the of the organization and of the WWE. So that was really nice to see. Yeah, it was a great passing of the torch. Um, just to kind of move on along with the show, uh, the pre-show, we have Finn Nakamura. That was a match that I didn't expect it uh, to be added to the show, but it did. Uh, I know they added that one, and they also added Dolph Ziggler and KO, which only lasted like four or five seconds, and KO cut another sick promo on how what he feels about the WWE and how the McMahons are supposed to make things a little bit different. And they're not doing that. They're putting themselves over on TV, so... It's, it's cool. I, I look forward to KO cutting these promos and, and letting the fans know how he feels and his dislike for some of the talent that's been left off television and how he feels that people are being treated in the back. So it, it looks like they're kind of kayfabing a little bit and they're letting the, you know, letting the fans know that they, they hear the feedback, they hear what's going on, and they see that there's a lot of talent that's being left off television that shouldn't be left off television. So it, it is a joke, and I think... They're trying to push KO in that kind of Austin realm where he's attacking Shane as much as possible, trying to push that needle and trying to, you know, try to make the show a little bit more interesting in regards to how much talent is sitting back there, not on TV, not doing anything. So it's interesting to see how that all is going to play out sooner than later. But yeah, the Finn match, I, I was shocked to see that Finn dropped the title. I think it was something that was mutual. In the beginning, I was like, whoa, wow. Why? Why on the pre-show? Why this match wasn't on the main card? You could have moved one of those, you know, main card matches onto the pre-show and saved the spot for that. If you were going to have KO win in a matter of like 10 seconds, why didn't you put that on the pre-show instead of putting the IC title on the pre-show where we did have a title change? I feel like that made absolutely no damn sense. You should have threw that in the middle of the card. Even if it was going to be a 10-15 minute match, you could you still had the time to to have that match, have the title change, surprise the fans, but also give the respect to that title and put it on the main card. Like It's the IC title. It's not like it's a 24-7 title where, you know, it's a fucking joke. No, you could have had that title on the main roster, I mean, on the main card and, and gave the fans a treat and, you know, kept us in suspense on if that title was going to change hands, which it eventually did, and Nakamura is a new intercontinental champion. Um, and I think that comes with a lot of, you know, with Finn wanting to take time off. He wants to, uh, from rumor is, he wants to spend time with his fiance, which he just recently got engaged. And he wants to spend some time planning a wedding, uh, you know, spending time with her because they're both so busy traveling and doing different things that he just wants to take time away, reset his clock and, and return. And I think that's the best thing that can happen to Finn right now. Um, I think it would be amazing to him see him leave, maybe return at Survivor Series and join the club or attack AJ and challenge him for, you know, who is the true leader of the club. I think that'll be a match I would want to see at WrestleMania. I think AJ and Finn is something that we've gotten once and it was a demon against AJ. And I think that's something that I would love to see again at WrestleMania. I really would love to see that. I think the stakes will be a lot higher. You can build a storyline starting now. I mean, who wouldn't want 
two of the leaders of the uh, of the Bullet Club going at it right now in the WWE in the biggest stage possible, which is WrestleMania. Uh, I think this is the best time for Finn to take that time off and come back. And he can even come back in the Royal Rumble, win the Royal Rumble. At that time, AJ could be the World Heavyweight Champ, or he could be also the Universal Champ. Whatever way they decide to play it out, you know, because I know right now he has the U.S. title. But it would be nice to see Finn challenge him at WrestleMania for supremacy of the Bullet Club. Like, you have a story there that not only, you know, will make us be on the edge of our seat, but it comes with a lot of lineage. It has a lot of history coming over from New Japan now to the WWE. So I think that would be something that I would be excited, the fans would be excited, and I think and no one would argue, me, argue with me on that. That's the match that everyone wants to see at WrestleMania. So I would not mind that. Um, just to move along, yeah, I already mentioned the uh, the debate. Oh, sorry, the KO match. I, I give that a two. I, I think that's something that could have been done in the pre-show. The Finn Shinsuke match. I give it a seven. I think it was really good. The reason I gave it a seven is that's something that should have been on the main show. I don't think it should have been at all placed on the pre-show at all. Uh, but. Again, I don't, I'm not in charge of booking. I'm a fan. All I can do is sit here, give you my point of view, and, and kind of see it from the perspective of my eyes on what I felt that, you know, the way that match should have been booked. But I'm happy for Nakamura. I'm a big fan of Nakamura. I think it's great that he has the IC title. And let's see what feud they have in line for him. Like, I wouldn't, I, well, well, I wouldn't mind seeing Nak against um, Randy. Why not? Nak and Randy would be really, really good. Or... We can uh, we can get Shinsuke Alistair Black. Imagine that. Um, yeah, another thing, uh, you know, like I said, moving along with the title. I mean, with the with the match card, we also had the women's title defended in a two-on-one handicap match with Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, and Bailey. I mean, the match was whatever. I think a lot of people in the arena were expecting uh, Sasha to come out help Bailey out, win the title, and maybe turn on her. That's what I was expecting. I, I remember I told a few people that I know that were there. I was like, Yo, I think Sasha's going to come out. I think she's going to help Bailey win the match. At the end of the match, when she goes hands to uh, Sasha the belt, I mean, Bailey the belt, this is when Sasha turns around, goes full heel, and literally beats the shit out of her. But that didn't happen. They ended up, you know, Bailey ended up winning the match with an elbow drop on Nikki. Uh, maybe that starts a storyline between Nikki and, uh, and Alexa where Alexa starts blaming Nikki for a lot of her losses and that starts a feud between both of them where we can get the old school Nikki cross back which I feel like it's a waste what they're doing with Nikki right now she's they, they she was super over on NXT with her gimmick and now you're making her this you know this follower this this girl looking you know for a place to belong looking for friends this outcast that needs the attention on being with somebody like Alexa Bliss. So I'm interested to see what they do. And um, as of right now, who knows what they're gonna, how this is all gonna play out. But um, yeah, I, I give that a five. I thought that match was eh. I, I, I didn't care for it, you know. And it's not because, it, it, you know, I didn't like any of the females. I love all the females that are in that match. But I want to see something a little bit more concrete in regards to a feud for Bailey. Uh, especially now that she's the uh, the champ. But uh, yeah, moving along, um, we also had um, what other match we had on the card? The tag match, which was the Usos and the Revival. That was a good match. 
I think right now what they're trying to do is they're trying to give the Usos the rub, uh, and they're trying to see what happens with with that, and um, trying to build up the revival to the point where they can um, maybe have a consistent run with the belt, maybe have some good feuds or some good matches under their belt before they step up to other talent or drop the belt. So it's it's. Um, that was a match that was okay. I didn't expect anything much out of the match. I didn't think the title was going to change hands. But, so it was good to see the Revival uh, retain and move on and see what's next for them in regards to hopefully maybe a unification bout between uh, them and the New Day, which I'll, I will get to later on in the, uh, in the episode. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, what they do with the Revival. Definitely. But... Um, that's uh, that's something that I think the world wants to see because the revival has been teasing not re-signing with uh, WWE. They've been taking it case by case to see if they do want to leave or taking a break. I know AEW has been on their mind, especially with the back and forth that they've been having with uh, with the Bucks on the whole fuck the revival kind of thing. So that's gonna be that's gonna be something cool to see. Uh, Ricochet AJ, that was that was the match I I really really went to Extreme Rules for, which super super excited for. I mean that's one of the dream, excuse me, one of the dream matches that I had on my list uh, for quite some time right now, and I like the way it played out. I, it started strong, um, but then during the middle of the match, you kind of saw the writing on the wall where the club was going to interfere and they were going to cause Ricochet the title. Which that ended up happening. Uh, AJ hit Ricochet with a, a mean Styles Clash from the top rope, uh, causing Ricochet to not pretty much not being able to kick out and lose the United States title. And now you have one of the big one of the big titles on Raw over on the, over with the club. I don't know if they're gonna push for the club to all have gold at one point. Uh, I think that'll be cool to see if uh, Anderson and Gallows can get the tag titles over on on Raw and maybe go against the Revival. I think that's something that that is not out of the not out of the spectrum. I think now that they're trying to give them the the biggest push they had since they came to the company, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Revival drop the belts to the club. I think that'll be a great idea. Having all of them strapped up with gold, I think it solidifies their run and solidifies their dominance over on Raw on what they're trying to do with them moving forward with AJ. So I think that'll be a really good idea. But uh, yeah, the, the Ricochet match, I give it a give it a seven. I think it had a pretty good little buildup going from the attacks on Raw that uh, that Ricochet was getting hit with from the club. So it's uh, I give it a seven, guys. I, I still want to see more. I, I don't think that that feud is over by any means necessary. I think we'll eventually see that match again later on down the road. Or maybe, you know, maybe we might get to that SummerSlam. Who knows? But I don't think those two guys are done yet. Um, we also had uh, Kofi against Samoa Joe. Again, this is the, this is the point where I thought Brock was going to cash in. I, I felt that they've been teasing him cashing in on Seth for quite some time. And I was like, you know what? Why not have Brock cash in on Kofi and get the main title? I think if you really want to put heat on Brock 
and 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 do that why not have him you know cash in on the biggest title in the company which is the you know the world heavyweight champion not the universal and piss people off on top of that because we all know the the struggles and the uh the time that it took kofi to become a main event star but as you saw kofi had a solid match he uh he was able to defeat brock i mean i'm oh, sorry brock he was able to defeat joe um, retain the title and move on. And now we're all kind of waiting what's next for Kofi. If you ask me, I think Kofi should, uh, Kofi and Roman should do it. I, I think that'll be a really good feud for both of them. It'll be somebody who, uh, like Roman can say, hey, I didn't come here to, to just linger around and, and just over and watch the yard. I came here to take over the yard. This is my yard. And I want to solidify that with the world title, and I think Kofi and Kofi and, uh, and Roman would be a great match at SummerSlam. I think you could start building the story now, have that you know escalate over into SummerSlam, and then if you want to go further with that later on, you have the opportunity to do that. But that'll be a match that I think a lot of people want to see. I want to see. Uh, why not? I would love to see Roman and Kofi for the uh, for the heavyweight title at SummerSlam. But yeah, I, I give the match a, a solid seven. I think it was something that it's not incredible, but it wasn't bad neither. You know, so I think Kofi has been having a really good title run. I'm glad that it's a long, lengthy title run. I'm so happy that it's not something that they're just one and done and he lost it right after Mania. I'm glad that they're kind of giving him a little reign with it and he's building up, you know, a good list of uh, superstars that he's defended it against. So I'm interested to see what this looks like be, before he drops it one day. So, I, I, But I really think that he's been having a really, really healthy run with the uh, title. Uh, moving along, uh, we the, the one cool match I think on the card that a lot of people don't talk about is the triple tornado tag match between New Day, Daniel Bryan. Uh, who else was in this match? Because I know it was New Day, Daniel Bryan, and we also had, um, man, that's how much I, I, I really don't watch SmackDown. But uh, anyway, it was, um, the, the whole match kind of felt weird between with, with Rowan and, and, and Daniel. They, Daniel spent most of the time on the ground, uh, kind of hurt. They were attacking him heavily, taking these big moves. Uh, Rowan was more of the aggressor in the match, per se. Uh, yeah, it was heavy machinery. But yeah, you know, he was more the aggressor in the match. He was really doing the one, doing the heavy lifting between both men. Uh, I kind of saw the writing on a wall at that point where they're kind of going to separate them away from the tag title picture and have Daniel Bryan be a solo superstar again. Maybe have him go for the uh, IC title against Shinsuke. Who knows? That's another rumor that's been going around. That's a match that Daniel Bryan wants before Shinsuke decides if he's going to resign or leave to go elsewhere. Maybe back to New Japan. Who knows? But uh, heavy machinery, man. It's crazy how over those guys really are. Like, it was really good to see how over they are. It's, it's nuts. You know, it's, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Otis and Tucky. Uh, Otis is just, man, that guy is, I, I see solo superstar in him. Uh, I think Tucker goes as far as Otis takes him. 
I think eventually one day, I think they will use the experiment on having Otis be the solo superstar. He, I mean, the guy does the worm. The guy has a sick, you know, sick strength and power. And he knows how to sell a match. I think it'll be interesting to see what, you know, what they do with this tag team if it doesn't work out. If they will turn, you know, uh, Otis into a uh, solo superstar. Because I definitely do think he has what it takes to to move forward and become a solo superstar. So it's interesting to see how that's gonna go, gonna play out between them. But as of right now, I, I think eventually there are gonna be future tag team champs on SmackDown. So I think it's a bright future for them. But just to, you know, just to tie everything back in, it was good to see the New Day win the tag titles. Now every member of the, uh, of the New Day has gold. I think that's something that they all together had a, a goal in mind and it's cool to see them all achieve that goal and look back on where they came from to where they are now it, it was it was awesome it was it was a beautiful thing to see I'm, I'm so excited for them because they they paid their dues they're super over they've done everything that's been asked of them and it's good to see that they have you know they have all the gold well most you know a big percentage of the gold on Smackdown so I'm so excited for New Day. Like that, that was that was really, really good to see. You know, the the excitement was so was so natural. It was so heartwarming to see. You know, Xavier, you know, Big E, seeing how hard they worked to get to this point in their careers, where there it's it's not about one or the other. It's not about you know who who has what in that in that faction or who needs to be the world champ, they, they all understand that Kofi worked his whole career to get there, and they know their place in the actual faction, and it's, it's good to see both of those, all three of those guys get the, get the credit they deserve, so that was, that was awesome. Um, yeah, moving along, kind of move into the, to the uh, main event here. It was, um, it was a good main event. I think the best part of the main event to me was the the end of days that Baron Corbin hit Becky with. I think that was so awesome. I think you know WWE understands that intergender wrestling is something that's really big in the indies, and we saw what Sammy Callahan just recently did with um, with Tessa. I mean, they put on probably one of the best intergender matches that I ever seen in my life with a great story. And I'm, I'm excited to see a WWE starts following suit because they have some really good female wrestlers that can put on a hell of a match with any of those guys on the main roster. So I'm, I'm interested to see if that's something that they pulled the trigger on because it's something that a lot of people have been asking for. So, um, yeah, our match was overall good. Uh, I think the biggest shocker, not the shocker tonight, I think we all expected it, was Brock Lesnar cashing in at the end taking the title from Seth Rollins and it, it kind of let everybody go home with a, a little sour, bittersweet taste in their mouth because the pay-per-view was so damn good. And, and again, WWE finds a way to take two steps back and, you know, just, people just upset, man. You know, Brock's the kind of guy that every time he comes back, he has to get a title. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He has to leave the champion or has to get a major title when he comes back like there's no like there's no arguing that there's nothing he he has to be the champ and i i agree with that i mean why brock can't come back and have a feud with somebody else on the main roster 
you know, why he can't put somebody else over, why they can't book him differently, why they can't put their foot down and say, hey, we kind of don't need you, man. We got a lot of great young superstars here that we're building up for the future that we can continue to progress and continue to be better. Maybe you could work with one of these guys, help them get better and put them over. Why does it that he has to be the face of the, of the company and face of the brand every single time he comes back? And I don't blame the superstars in the background now. I blame uh, Vince. Vince has to, you know, be a lot more condescending about that. Be a little bit more, you know, picky on who he puts the title on. We want the title on TV. We don't want the title showing up only on pay-per-views every couple months with no build-up. Uh, with just superstars complaining how the title is not on television. I don't think that's the, that's the way you can go about that. People are tired of seeing that. We want to watch Raw with the Universal title on it. We want to see it. That's the, you know, it's just, it's, it's been a joke at that point. And, and I agree with the fans and I agree with the people that are frustrated. It's something that I think has to change. And, you know, I think the only way it's going to change is if we continue to, you know, show our, you know, show our displeasement with the way they are treating us the fans and putting this title on whoever they want to put it on you know especially Brock like how many times is he going to get the universal title like Jesus Christ like let's start building the lineage on that title let's start building the names on that title let's start let's put it on somebody for more than a year you know where they can have a good run with it they can have some great matches and build up that title to the point that it could start earning some respect and people can start taking it more seriously you know, because right now it's it's ridiculous, man. Brock is, what, a two-time champ? But we also got Goldberg with the belt. You know, Finn had the belt for only one night due to injury. Seth, KO had it, and he lost it to, you know, Goldberg. It's like, come on, you had it on guys that, that if you give them a chance, they can definitely build that title up to where, you know, you kind of want it to be as a company. You want people to respect it and look at that world championship as, wow, Look at the big names that they have and look at the people that have, they have defended it against. Look, at, look how good this champion was that had this title. You know, you want the respect factor of it. And I think that's one thing that I'm going to go deep about in my next episode. I think AEW is going to do it now. Is they're going to do that with their belt. A lot of us are expecting them to put it on Kenny right away and they're not going to do that. And I don't think they should put it on Jericho either. I think they should put it on Hangman. I think he'll be perfect. You know, I think he'll be the best person to carry that belt. It's not somebody that you would expect. But I think he's going to be the person that's going to give you great matches. He's going to be on TV every single week when they go live on TNT. It's, you know, I think he'll be perfect for it. I think he'll be the best first champ. You know, a lot of us are very stingy and very spoiled. And we want somebody like, you know, Kenny to have it. We want Jericho to have it. But I, I, I'm, I'm in the minority. I think it should be somebody else to have that title. But, but um, yeah, guys, you know, thank you for su supporting me. I, I know I've been gone for a while, but uh, I just want to say thank you. I will try to be around more often to uh, record and give you guys my humble opinion on what's going on out there in the world of wrestling. But um, as usual, guys, I appreciate you, and I will see you guys next week with that real wrestling talk, guys. Have a great night.